see the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. In John chapter number 4 and verse number 19, let's all stand to our feet, if we could please, in honor of the Word of God. John chapter number 4 and verse number 19. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. I want to hone in on that phrase in the end of verse number 23, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that You would please speak to hearts as only You can tonight. I pray that You would please Fill me, guide my thoughts, guide my speech, help me to say what only you would have me to say, and help me not to say what you would, wouldn't want me to say. I pray, the Lord, that you would speak to each and every person's heart as only you can. We pray this as we ask it in Jesus' name, and amen. You can be seated. Our God is worthy to be worshipped. And he speaks here of true worship. Worship up to this point was not worship within the spirit of man. The worship of God up to this point was largely physical worship attached to things in this physical world. The people brought sacrifices to the temple. And as they would do so, they would worship the Lord. And they came, of course, to Jerusalem, to a physical place, to give a physical sacrifice, and, of course, to physically kneel and bow before the Lord. This woman, of course, in Samaria, as we mentioned this morning, they don't really know what the kind of worship is that that uh, God is speaking of here, that Jesus is speaking of. She knows of the kind of worship that her fathers did in the mountains there, and the kind of worship that was to them was the same type of thing. Jesus speaks to her about spiritual worship, and He says that the hour will come, and yet now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such, to worship Him. We saw that this morning, how that worship today has been uh, largely misconstrued into an idea of song, as if uh, our singing is the way to worship the Lord. We used to hear of people calling these services praise and worship services. And it used to be two separate terms where they even understood in these non-denominational places that Praise and worship were different things. That the praise part was the part where you would sing and give praises. The worship part should have been something entirely different. Now, 
uh, we have things like eleva Elevation Worship and others that have kind of in intermingled all of it and have begun to try to bring an entire generation of young people into this idea of worship that is nothing but sensual, devilish, and uh, it is nothing more than devil worship in a lot of cases. They bring you into a state of trance by their tunes and by their rhythms and by the way that they conduct their music, and they call it worship. But worship in the Bible is not the kind of worship that man has become familiar with today because it has been redefined by mankind. Now, when the Bible says that the Lord seeketh such to worship Him, then He's talking about the fact that He expects His people, those who are saved and those who will get saved in the future, He wants to be worshipped by His people. And so He seeks for worship from His people. Often when we come to church, we come to church to hear from God so that He can minister to us. But God is saying that He seeks for His people to reverse those roles and actually spend time worshiping Him. And that has, in many cases, been lost in our Christian lives. This morning, there was a great response to the idea of hallowing the name of God and then, of course, worshiping Him in a biblical manner. I mentioned that in the Old Testament, that in every verse that I looked at, there was only one type of meaning for the word worship. And it was always to cast yourself down, to bow down, to humble yourself before the Lord, and then, of course, to pay reverence to Him and to speak to Him in reverence. And so, we saw that that was the Old Testament word. But what about the New Testament word? Well, would you believe that in the New Testament that there are only, best I can tell, two definitions of worship in the Word of God in the New Testament. The first is the exact same one that we learned in the Old Testament. To bow down before God, to cast yourself down, and to pay reverence and homage to the Lord. Matter of fact, let's look at Matthew chapter number 2 in our Bibles this evening, would you please? Matthew chapter number 2. And let's pick it up in verse number 2. Matthew chapter number 2 and verse number 2. Oh, we might as well read verse number 1. Don't you love it when preachers do that? Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. Verse number 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And I cannot imagine this moment when they saw the Messiah. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. The kind of worship that is described here is the same kind of worship that is mentioned in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. This kind of reverential worship. And you know, something has struck me over the course of the study of these passages. I don't worship God enough. We sing. We testify. 
we pray and have requests. But I don't fall before him and revere him like I should. I don't worship him like I should. And he's worthy. Who am I to come unto a holy God without worship? And who are we to be saved by a holy and wonderful God and rarely call out his name in worship? On a more regular basis, I believe that we ought to fall on our face and worship Him because He seeks it. We often have a habit of worshiping the Lord when He's good to us, so we think. We often have a habit of thanking the Lord maybe in prayer or in testimony when he's done something miraculous or answered a prayer. But these men, when they saw Jesus, he had not answered any prayer, but they worshipped him. He had not paid any of their bills, but they worshipped him. And why? Why? Because he was the Savior. And that's all we really need. That's all I really need. If he did nothing else for me for the rest of my life, I would already have more than I deserve. And he deserves for me to fall before him and worship him every day of my life. All day if I could. He deserves honor. He deserves respect. He deserves His people worshiping Him. In Revelation chapter number 4, those who stand before His throne don't stand very often. The four and twenty elders fall down before Him that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. In Revelation chapter number 19, and verse number 10, the Bible says, And I fell at His feet to worship Him. And you see, this was John the Revelator falling at the feet of the angel. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. Worship God. 
he ought to be revered, which means I ought to have fear mingled with respect and affection. He ought to be adored, which means that I ought to worship him with profound reverence and address him with exalted thoughts. It means I ought to thank him and praise him even when times are bad. It means that he's worthy. It means that he's worthy. Because hell is what I deserve. And it's where I ought to be. And one day, for some strange reason, I'll get to stand guiltless before the throne of God. And that ought to be enough to bring a Christian to our knees and worship Him. For the Lord seeketh such to worship Him. I've been heavy today. It has been a constant fight. From the moment I went to bed last night until I walked into the church this morning, it has been a constant fight. Because I believe that I have failed Him. <laughs> In worship. But worship means a second thing in the New Testament. And I want to take you to that passage, if I could please, in Acts chapter number 24. Acts chapter number 24 and verse number 14. Acts chapter number 24 and verse number 14. But this I confess unto thee. By the, way, by the way, wasn't that choir song wonderful? And I didn't know they were going to be singing about worshiping the Lamb. And they didn't know I was going to be preaching about worship. I suppose that's the Lord. I say that lightheartedly. But very seriously. But this I confess unto thee, that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law and the prophets. You see, Paul was brought to stand before the council. He was being accused. And when he stood before them accused, he used a word that they would have understand in their time, they would have understood in their time. He said, I confess unto thee that after the way which they call heresy, so worship I the God of my fathers. That word there is a Greek word that is used interchangeably with the word serve or servant in multiple places in the New Testament. It very often appears in the book of Acts. I want you to look, if you would please, at uh, Romans chapter number 1. And verse number 9. When Paul spoke to the council here before Felix and said that thing which they call a heresy, 
is what I worship the God of my fathers with, they would have known that word to be interchangeable with the word service, and they knew that what Paul was saying was that he was accused of doing nothing more than serving his God, and that that service was his form of worship towards his, his heavenly Father. Now, in Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 9, in his greeting, he says, For God is my witness, whom I, what? Serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. Do you see that word, serve? It's the same Greek word for worship. What Paul said was that with my life, by serving the Lord, I worship Him. And that means that there are really only two ways to worship the Lord, best I can tell. One is to pay Him reverence and to fall at His feet, which I don't do enough. The other is to serve Him with all of our heart. Has service of the Lord gotten cold? You know how to heat it up a little bit? Realize how worthy He is of you going out on Saturday and knocking doors? And that by doing so, you're worshiping Him? Has going to church, which is maybe in some ways for, for some, as it gets more difficult, over the years, gotten a little cold and hard. Can I explain, please, that to serve God is to worship Him? So to get up and to dedicate your day on Sunday instead of celebrating the weekend off going to the house of the Lord, To have that kind of a servant's heart to go on Sunday morning and Sunday night is to worship Him. You know, to serve the Lord is to worship the Lord. And He's worthy of us giving all of our time, every last ounce of energy that we have to serve Him. Our churches seek often to sing songs, but how often do we seek to serve? We seek often to find ways to seek recognition, but how often do we seek to find ways to serve? You know, we have a few young men here uh, this evening that even though they get paid a little bit to do this, they went out to the camp property yesterday and grabbed a few weed eaters and got sunburnt. And they served the Lord. And by doing so, it was a sweet-smelling savor unto Him. What, weed eating the, ch the church property is worship? Well, it's service, isn't it? You know, Brother David drives that mower around, stays up with the campgrounds. That's worship. You know the ladies, when they sweep the floors and clean the rooms, that's worship. But I want to say one more thing and I'm just about done. Some maybe say, but preacher, 
I'm not of that age anymore. I can't really serve at Camp Calvary. I can't. I don't really have the energy or the health anymore to come to the church and serve in those manners. But I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter number 2, and we're going to look at one more passage and we'll be done tonight. Luke chapter number 2, and look at verse number 36. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 36, the Bible says, And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Aser. She was of a great age. Some of you feel like you're of a great age tonight. <laughs> and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about four score and four years. So she was a widow of about 84 years. She's pretty aged, I would say. Which departed not from the temple, but, what's that word say? Served God with what? Fastings and prayers night and day. You know that word served there? It's the same worship. And sometimes we hit different stages of life where maybe your body and your health just can't do what it used to. But she worshipped the Lord through fastings and prayer. She served Him in that way because that was the capacity that she still could. And I want to encourage you, some of you, you here tonight, I'm not trying to make it sound like the only way for you to truly worship the Lord is to come here and mow a lawn or, or weed eat and edge and clean a church building. That's not it at all, but that is a form of worship. But sometimes when life changes our health and our situation isn't such that we can do those things anymore. Uh, Brother Matt, I think one of the first times we were here, uh, spoke about the, the change of age. And, and I think it was at the widow's banquet, if I remember correctly. And, and how that your ministry, as you age, becomes Christ. And boy, that was a great thought as I heard him speak that night, and it's something I've not forgotten. And how that maybe your ministry used to be serving at the church, serving in the kitchen, serving at Camp Calvary, and maybe now with age and years it's just not possible. But you know what? Now your ministry becomes the Lord Himself. And you can wait upon the Lord in prayer and fasting and worship Him in that way. And God recognized Anna and mentioned her name so that we all know that she was somebody that worshipped the Lord. I think the Lord is worthy of worship. And I know I don't do it enough. And even though I serve, I don't always serve with a spirit of worship. Sometimes I serve with a spirit of duty. And you know what? If it's a spirit of duty, then so be it. Still do it. But may our service be because He's worthy. And may we not forget that every ounce of energy we can give to Him is not enough. It's not enough. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that You would help us please to worship You as we should. And I pray that You would speak to hearts this evening as only Your Holy Spirit can. With heads bowed and eyes closed,
Nobody looking around. How many would say, preacher, if I were to die right now, 